I think I'm just really afraid to talk to Michelle and my stomach drops every time I think about it and having like hate in my heart or hurt has just held me back really feels like a weight on my shoulders. Today's episode, Corinne. Hi, lovers and friends. The basic building blocks of a romantic connection are attraction, proximity, and similarity. This sounds simple, right? But finding someone we butterflies in the belly like, who is accessible to us, who we have shared interests with, and who happens to feel the same way about us at the exact same time, all of that can be pretty damn hard. So when it does happen, our brain rewards us with tons of feel-good neurochemicals, which incentivizes us to continue building a bond, oftentimes well beyond the realm of reason. This phenomenon is called intimate idealization, when our minds exaggerate the positive of the person we're infatuated with and minimizes the negative. We're about to hear the story of someone who stayed in a relationship long after it served her because she and her family were fighting for the idea of the relationship they wanted and not the reality of the relationship she was actually in. And things got messy, really messy. But our guest Corinne will fill you in on all that. All of those moments tried all of those tears that I cried I won't hold on no more I gotta let go and walk out that door what's going on my name is Shan Boudram I'm a sex educator and relationship expert every single day I hear from people who are stuck on a past relationship Sometimes just because the relationship is over doesn't mean that you're over it. So that's my mission, to help people who are stuck get to the other side, because on the other side of fear is freedom. From Headspace Studios and Frequency Machine, this is Hung Up. This is my time. So Corinne sent me and the Hung Up team a voice message to fill us in on her hang up. And here it is. Hi, Shan. I was married. Well, I'm actually still married. I left my wife about a year ago after she constantly cheated on me. I know it was the best decision for me and my son Isaiah. We actually moved all the way across the country to Denver to start over. But I still can't bring myself to sign the divorce papers. I just really don't feel comfortable starting something with anyone or even going on a date while I still have my ex Michelle's last name. But with these divorce papers sitting here staring at me, I know I have to start this new chapter and officially close my last one. So Corinne moved hundreds of miles to give her the distance she needed from her ex, Michelle. And she did this to start a new life, to give herself and her son a new beginning. But the distance hasn't helped her close the chapter. She asked for my help with that. So let's get to it. Hi, Corinne. Hi. We are here because you hung up. And (laughs) we are here to set you free. But in order to do that, we have to have conversations that haven't been had. And we have to dig where we've been afraid to dig before. When I say you are hung up, what person comes to mind? My wife, Michelle. So walk me through a little bit about how the two of you met and came together 
What about Michelle felt so special? When I first met Michelle, she really made me feel seen and heard and important. The first time I connected with her, I had gone to a gay party at the strip club with a few of my friends. And when I got in there, I saw her and I thought she was so cute. I'm usually not outgoing, but I did walk up to her and start a conversation. And what really drew me to her was she has a gorgeous smile and she's very confident and outgoing and she has really nice dimples because <laughs> I love dimples. Okay, I hear that. Who's not a sucker for a great smile and dimples? I am obsessed with dimples. I suggested that we take things outside so we could have some privacy and we ended up staying out there for probably about an hour by ourselves, just getting to know each other a little bit more. There was an instant connection. My friends literally had to drag me away. So there's an ongoing joke that lesbians bring U-Haul to their first date. And I can confirm, <laughs> she moved in with me and my parents almost immediately after we started talking, before we were even dating. We just couldn't leave each other alone. I just wanted to be in her space all the time. She wanted to be in my space constantly. And she also was really great with my son. So what's unique about your situation is that your son also was a part of this relationship. Tell me about her relationship with Isaiah. Michelle was always a really great and hands-on parent with Isaiah. There wasn't any hesitancy for her to step in and take on the role as being a mom. And I really liked that about her. Having that family unit was really important to me because it's something I never really felt with my own family, where both parents are involved and active and supportive and loving. That's something I never got to experience. And I really wanted to give that to Isaiah. But when did you notice that this relationship wasn't going to be your happily ever after, after all? There was a lot of cheating. I could never confirm anything physical, but there were times I caught her texting sexual things to her ex-girlfriend and just multiple women in between. Just really inappropriate behavior between her and other women. Wow. So at that point, Corinne, why did you stay in the relationship? I really believed that if she loved me, this would not continue. And every time I would catch her, she would show me some extravagant demonstration of love. And I believed that. She would buy me flowers. She would send me, you know, long apology messages. She would give me a public apology on the internet or just agree to never go out for the next few months. Or she was willing to do anything to regain my trust. Oof. Okay, so we're getting into red flag territory here. You might be wondering, why did Corinne just not end things after learning about Michelle's infidelities? Well, like we talked about, idealization can be a hell of a blindfold. In addition, Corinne wasn't just in love with the dream of a perfect wife. She was holding tight to the idea that together, they could be the perfect parents, the perfect family. So much so that she gave Michelle this ultimatum. I had to talk with her and let her know that what my end goal was in our relationship, and it was marriage. I wanted a family. I wanted a ring. That's what I wanted out of life. And I gave her like a choice. Either we can move forward and she can be a faithful wife and mother, or we can separate. She agreed to get married and we planned our wedding in three weeks. What made you think that Michelle was marriage material? I never did. I just ultimately think I got married for the wrong reasons. Um, it was more to force her to commit to me instead of because I trusted her and thought she would be a great wife. I just thought like getting married would change our dynamic and maybe girls would leave her alone if she was married. That didn't work. Yeah, no, unfortunately it doesn't 
end up working out that way. Um, so tell me more about that. Well, about three days into our honeymoon, we were getting ready to go to the ocean. I had never been. I was so excited. I was looking cute. She was in the bathroom brushing her teeth and I saw her phone on the bed. I could see that someone was messaging her and it was Snapchat and someone was sending her hearts and like love emojis. Oh, and since it was on Snapchat, all evidence of the photos were deleted. Yes. I confronted Michelle and said, who's this? Why are they sending you all these heart emojis or texting you like this flirty and she said oh it's my best friend's sister and I'm like okay that's not normal I knew what was going on she kept trying to deny it but I was trying to make the most out of you know our honeymoon that I paid for so I kind of let it go until our trip was over after our trip Michelle had assured me that she had cut this woman off she wasn't speaking to her anymore and that since we had gotten married, she really wanted to make stuff work with me. And although she'd slipped up, she was willing to do better. My heart, I'm sure like your heart, is breaking for Corinne in this moment. And I know you're as anxious as I am to find out when the breaking point happened and, of course, why Corinne is still hung up. And I promise we're going to get there. But for now, I just need a little bit more information. Okay, so after having this conversation that she was going to cut this woman off, she had asked to go out with her best friend. I argued a little bit because it made me uncomfortable because it was the sister of the person she was talking to. But she assured me that if the girl were to show up, she would leave. And I believed it, and I let her go. That same day, I see her standing outside the popular bars with her best friend and with her best friend's sister. I yelled across the street. I said, Michelle! And she looked up and saw me and looked like a deer in headlights. I told her best friend, I said, Michelle's been talking to your sister. I mean, talking, like sexting, sending nudes, cheating on me. And her best friend went ballistic. She said, you just got married and I was there. I watched it. So how could you do that? And especially with my sister out of all people. And Michelle said nothing, absolutely nothing. This incident specifically, I think was my breaking point. I'd never even known her to be in person with any of these girls, but catching her in person with someone, this was just a whole new level of disrespect, especially after committing yourself to me. Whew, Corinne, that's a lot to go through. Yeah. Michelle and I did get back together after that. She promised she would change again. I really couldn't see myself with anyone else, and I was just willing to stick things out until until we both grew enough to figure those things out. Why? Why did Corinne set herself up to be hurt over and over again? Why did she choose to stick it out when the logical choice would have been to get the hell out? And if you were listening closely, you might have also picked up on the answer. Corinne said that when she said yes to Michelle, she also felt like she was saying yes to her lifelong dream of a strong family unit. Something she admitted that she never had growing up. I grew up in a household that had a lot of emotional and physical abuse. And from that, I think I learned that you stay no matter how you're treated. I think the effect it had on my relationship with Michelle was that I believed that if I loved her, I should stay through anything. You persisted. I did persist. It's something my mom has really always taught me is like, if you care about somebody, you love somebody... You stay. So even though she knew what you were going through, she kept encouraging you to endure more? Yeah. Like she would be crying and trying to like guilt me into 
getting back with Michelle. Even when I told her I was fed up, she really stayed on Michelle's side up until Michelle moved out and started treating my parents the same way. I think the thing that's been communicated to you from your family and from your partner is that you don't come first, your feelings don't come first, your needs don't come first. There are other people that are more important, there are values that are more important. Now that's a really difficult place to feel confident moving into new relationships. And I can definitely see how some accountability on the individual's part who led you to believe that life should be lived this way um, might help to heal you moving forward. So I'm curious if you think there's value in having a conversation with Michelle and with your mom. Yeah, I think there definitely could be some value with talking to my mom about it. I think I'm just really afraid to talk to Michelle. And my stomach drops every time I think about it. I just, I haven't talked to her in so long. Corinne has not spoken to Michelle since she left for Denver. According to Corinne, at a certain point, their relationship went from painful to unbearable. Corinne was resentful and detached. Michelle was miserable and eventually moved out and found the connection she needed with another woman. Although they were separated, to Corinne, this was the last straw. She was done. And furthermore, she was ready to make moves of her own to confirm it. She changed her phone number, packed her bags, and she and Isaiah were on the first flight out of Omaha. After all of that, she's obviously hesitant about speaking to Michelle again. And at this point, we don't even know if Michelle will be open to reconnecting with her. But there is one person who said yes, that Corinne knows there is still a lot she needs to say in order to heal. And that's her mom, Penny. We'll get to that after the break. So I'm about to hop on a call with Corinne and her mom, Penny, who is a substantial part of this process for Corinne because Corinne was influenced by Penny and the example she set in her own marriage. What Corinne learned from her mother was to stand by your partner, even if the conditions of that love were wearing you down. Hi, Corinne. Hi, Penny. Hey. I know as a mother and daughter, it can be difficult to talk about your feelings. But today, we're just going to put it all out there on the table. So the question is, are you ready? Yes. Oh, I'm anxious. <laughs> I don't know. My mom and I, we just don't usually talk to each other that way, but I'm willing to do it. Penny, how are you feeling? Uh, a little the same. So Penny, I want to hear the story of Corinne and Michelle from your point of view. How did you feel about their relationship? You know, at the beginning, when Michelle first started coming over, she lived in my house for six months before her and Corinne ever were a couple, officially. And to me, that was a huge red flag. And then she also still associated with her ex-girlfriend. And it's like, how can you two work on something and be together when Michelle hasn't let go of her last relationship? I totally believe it was toxic from the beginning. You think about the relationship that Corinne had with Michelle and your involvement with that. What would you have done differently? Corinne has told me that I give the worst relationship advice ever, which is probably true. I should have been supporting her more than I was, not trying to convince her that she could fix everything and to stay together just because you're married. I was raised by my great-grandmother. All my aunts, 
my other grandma, everyone, there were no divorces. It was kind of, you just sucked it up. You figured it out. That doesn't always mean you're happy. Do you wish there was somebody who told you to choose yourself first? I do. Because unfortunately, I don't know how yet. I really don't. So when you say that you don't know how to put yourself first, I think it's a really powerful statement because it is a learned behavior, especially as women, because we're told that we're the nurturers, that we're the caregivers, and that's the messaging you receive your whole life. So to get this notion now that you can actually put yourself first is radical in many ways. So when you saw Corinne make the hard decisions to put herself, her happiness, and ultimately you know, her son first, how did that make you feel? It was really hard for me. For quite a while, I thought she was very selfish. And now I just see the mother that she's become and know that everything she did to make herself better and put herself first has helped her being a mom. She's discovered these things called boundaries. We never knew boundaries when I was raising them. And I respect her so much for that. So has it been inspiring for you to see? Yes, Corinne needs to be heard, and her feelings need to be acknowledged. That's not something that we did. When she was younger, me and her father would get into arguments and fights, and there was a lot of abuse going on. The next day, it wasn't spoken about. You moved on. So to look at her and what she's been through and to see her come out on top, it really is amazing to watch her now. She really is my inspiration. She really is. Thank you, Mom. Corinne, a lot's been said. I just want to give you an opportunity to reflect and to talk about whatever really stood out for you. I really appreciate, like, my mom acknowledging how much I've grown as, like, a parent being by myself and how my mom was saying she thought I was selfish. She was really saying those things to me, that I was selfish for choosing myself or choosing to leave or um, I was just guilted so much. But hearing her say how she feels about it today and how proud she is of me and how far I've come. I just really means a lot. And it's difficult to be a leader. It's hard to break out and to do something different, especially against tradition and against the grain. Every revolutionist is going to feel the sting of that. But I hope that you see yourself as that. I do now. I feel really good about the decision that I made. Whereas before I was really apprehensive and feeling guilty and like I was doing something wrong. Corinne, I'm here to do whatever you need. If you know, it's just to be there to listen, or if it's to get on a plane and fly to come give you a hug. I'm here for whatever. Penny, do you want to share a little bit about why this is making you emotional? I had Corinne when I was 17. So we kind of grew up together. She's been through the good, the bad, the ugly with me. And she's never left my side. I have watched her From being 19 years old with a baby, being afraid to cross the street, she just had so many fears. And to see her now fearless is the best thing I could have ever wished for her. She was able to look in the mirror and realize this is not working for me. I need to make a change. And she did. Within a month, sold her house, moved to Colorado. And I truly believe in my heart, not listening to family made it even better because we don't always give the best advice. She did. She broke that mold. It is the best thing she ever did. And I couldn't be prouder. 
You deserve the world. I just hope one day that you see that too. I do too. I love you. I love you too. Being a mother myself, this call had me in my feels, as you are no doubt in your feels right now too. As parents, all we want is the best for our kids, but we need to know that we are flawed and growing too. So sometimes even our very best intentions can lead us to do or say some harmful things towards the ones that we want to protect the most. It's listening and then learning from our mistakes, like Penny did, that makes us better for those we love and ultimately better examples of what a healthy, reciprocal love looks like. And perhaps now that Corinne knows that she has Penny's unrelenting support, she will gain the confidence to pull off the emotional band-aid that's been holding her back. I'm talking about the unsigned divorce papers. I also heard a confidence in Corinne that wasn't there on our last call. So in my opinion... She's now ready to confront her unresolved feelings about her ex with her ex. Let's see if she feels the same way. Hi, Corinne. Hi, Shan. Okay, so after that powerful conversation with your mom, here's what I'm thinking. I feel like you're ready to have a deep, meaningful, and vulnerable conversation with your ex, Michelle. How do you feel about that? I'm just really afraid to talk to Michelle. Like one of my um, fears with talking with Michelle is like at the end, I wasn't a saint either. I'd made mistakes. I was talking to somebody after she had moved out for a little bit and I just don't want it to turn into like an argument. This is a conversation about moving forward for you. You have to be willing to let Michelle say things that might be triggering for you without trying to rebuttal or change her perspective. You're just trying to gain perspective from her truth and then find your jump off point from there. So really, she's coming to help. Um, And if she can understand it, that this is somebody that she cares about who needs her help. She just has to open her heart and hopefully be more honest than she's been with you in the past. I believe maybe leaving it on more mellow terms would help me in the long run or maybe help both of us. And having like hate in my heart or hurt has just held me back really. Feels like a weight on my shoulders. Mm. Well, let's try to lift that emotional weight with this call. That sounds good. You can tell Corinne is apprehensive to get on this call with Michelle. But that's what we're here to do. Have the hard conversations that are a critical step in moving forward. So, deep breath. Here we go. Hi, Michelle. Nice to meet you. My name is Shan. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing well. Corinne is here as well. Hi. Hi, Corinne. So, FYI, you probably already guessed it. This is a Zoom call, so the quality isn't great. But the conversation definitely is. Okay, let's get back to it. Let me just frame the discussion and say, thank you. It's wonderful that you have said yes to this because what you're really saying is your future matters to me. You matter to me right now. So I would love to hear from you. Kind of walk me through how you feel now. What brought you to this call? I was a little shocked at first because I didn't think she needed anything. Just by the way things ended, I just thought she was set. I mean, I'm content with where I am and I want her to be happy where she is. And I wanted her to be happy in the future. How does that sound to you, Corinne? Um, honestly, it's a little surprising because I had the exact opposite feelings, really. Like, I feel like we ended in a really horrible place. I didn't think she cared at all about 
you know, how I've been doing or how I was emotionally or otherwise after our relationship ended. And I felt really abandoned. Well, you didn't really give me a chance. You literally told me you'll never hear from me again. And I literally did not hear from you again. You, like, literally changed your number the next day. Like, I drove past the house and then boarded up. What I'm hearing is that the way things ended wasn't ideal for either of you. Like most breakups, there was a lot of pain and hurt, but not a lot of clear communication. So, Corinne, how did that make you feel? I mean, I was really surprised by her reaction to that because I didn't think that my son and I had caused her any pain by leaving. You know, I figured she was already past it a long time ago, so it was just up to me to catch up. No, I really, really wasn't packed in, but I was forcing myself to move past it quicker. I felt like it, the, the more I pushed myself to move past it, the better, the easier it would be not to think about you guys, especially Isaiah. So every time I did think about you guys, I just shoved it out. So it was easier to shove out any thoughts of Isaiah and Corinne, probably because the two of you never had that healing conversation. And the unfortunate thing I think that happens a lot of times with healing is that it's usually a one-way street. I mean, I feel like our relationship was a really long roller coaster of really high ups and really low downs. I definitely tried my best from what I knew, but I did make a lot of mistakes throughout. And I wish I could go back and change like, you know, a lot of the ways that I treated you. I think a lot of times I probably was really self-centered and I was really worried about my own feelings and being really nitpicky instead of just appreciating, you know, the good things. Um, a lot of the time, I felt really neglected. It's probably the reason for the majority of my acting, but that doesn't make it okay. So I do want to apologize for that. Um, I could see you trying, but then it's just like you didn't care enough to try hard. So I think that's another reason why a lot of my actions happen. And I do want to apologize as well for everything, I've, all the hurt things. So... Corinne and I have spoken a lot about the infidelity in your relationship. And a big thing Corinne has said is that she felt like it was somehow her fault. So she finds herself asking these questions. Did I deserve to be cheated on? Did I deserve to feel the way that I did in the relationship? And if I did, how do I know going forward that I won't deserve this from another partner? So, Michelle, do you have answers to those questions? No, I don't think she deserved There's nothing I could have done a lot better for her not to deserve what I did to her. Corinne, I'm going to leave it to you to reflect on what you just heard. I mean, I feel like that's all I've wanted to hear since it happened. (laughs) Because I loved her a lot and it, like, it was just so painful for me. I hope I helped you out a little more. I hope we can move on and be happy. After that call was done, I asked Corinne to fill me in on what she was thinking, just giving me a glimpse into what was going on in her head. What stood out the most to you on that call with Michelle? When Michelle said that she felt neglected, I can see why she would feel that way. I think towards the end of our relationship, I really emotionally disconnected and I wasn't putting in as much effort as I had before. I just didn't have the energy for it anymore. On the other side of that, it was her actions that had brought me to that point. There was some tears on that call. Was that expected? I think I did expect to cry, um, but I I didn't think that I would cry just, you know, like happy tears. Like I was just really, really happy to hear that. I think if she could have said anything that would help me um, get past this, it would be that I didn't deserve that. And I didn't know that she would go so far as to just say it. 
the tears that came today, they felt like a new beginning. Like I can really start over. I mean, I couldn't be any more happy for you right now. And it was a really productive conversation because of you. You led by example. And that just kind of goes to the power that your mom was talking about with you, that you are a leader. Thank you. We checked in with Corinne a week or so after our call with Michelle, and here's what she had to share. I'm signing my divorce papers and I'm getting them back to Michelle by the end of the day. I want a divorce and I want my last name back. I'm so ready for this new chapter. Yes, yes, yes. What you just heard was Corinne taking a hold of her past, her parents' past, and the potential of her future. Now, if that's not inspiring, then put me on to whatever it is that moves you because me, I'm blown away and I'm so encouraged. Furthermore, I know that I'm not alone. As Corinne's mom, Penny, shared, she has been learning from and leaning into the strength of her daughter. In other words, Corinne hasn't just broken parental patterns by ending her marriage. She's inspiring past and future generations to shatter and reshape them too. I say future because I know her son Isaiah is watching in amazement as his mother transforms her pain into growth and opportunity for both of them. When you start doing for you in a way that hasn't been done before, it can open your eyes to so many other possibilities. For example, Corinne is going back to school to get a degree in criminology and criminal justice. You go, mama. Makes sense, right? She found her truth and now for a living, she wants to help society get theirs too. In Corinne's last chapter, her marriage to Michelle, she mirrored her parents' relationship because that's what she knew. In her new chapter, it's about what she wants and what she knows she deserves because as she so succinctly said in our last phone call, I'm in the driver's seat of my life now. This is my time. Next time on Hung Up, picture it. The smell of fall in the air, a perfectly cooked turkey, apple pie for days, and a table of your best friends in the world to celebrate with. It was supposed to be Isabella's perfect Friendsgiving until it turned full-blown fiasco. It's like, how the hell did you think you were going to get away with this? It was an absolute disaster, basically. How do you get over a humiliating betrayal that happens in front of all of your best friends? Well, Isabella is going to have to find the answer to that question on the next Hung Up. If you or someone you know is hung up after a breakup, we want to hear from you. Email us at hungup at frequencymachine.com. And if you like the show, spread the word. Reaching more people means helping more people. And don't forget to hit follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next episode. Hung Up is a production of Headspace Studios and Frequency Machine. It is produced by Caroline Slaughter and Rachel Borders for Frequency Machine and Danny Carissimi for Headspace Studios. It's executive produced by Morgan Selzer, Sarah Cohen, and Baron Farmar for Headspace Studios and Dominique Ferrari, Stacey Book, Avi Glajanski, and Sarah Heppela for Frequency Machine. It is hosted and produced by yours truly, Sham Boudram, Audio engineering and technical magic from Jared Brady. Editing, sound design, and post-production wizardry by the amazing Julian Kwasniewski and Bay Area Sound. Development at Headspace Studios was led by Leah Sutherland. And special thanks to Adam Krasner. Until next time.